Hey there. I'm James. And I'm Sam. We love television. But it can often be a cruel mistress. Cutting off new shows before they ever get a chance to shine. Here on We Hardly Knew You, we give these single season shows a fair shake. By actually going back and watching them. Join us today as we continue our discussion of Godless. Do we need to invest in a Jumbotron-sized countdown clock for the studio to tell Sam when we've started recording? How long will the noun form of the word romanticize derail our conversation? How tactfully will we be able to analyze and discuss cultural and social dynamics of the 19th century American West in 21st century American Midwest? Answers to these questions and more in part three. Godless, we hardly knew you. Hey, should we do the show? Yeah. Okay. We're talking about uh, chicken parmesan today. We were talking about chicken parmesan. Oh, we're not still doing that? No. I think I think right now, or at least for this episode, what we want to do is talk about some of the tropes of the Western genre and how this show... What is the show? The, the one we're talking about? Yeah. Godless. Oh, okay. I don't know. Are, did you, we, are we in it? Did you think we were talking about something else? No, I just, we hadn't said the name Godless and I wasn't sure if we actually started recording yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about the, the, the Western tropes of the, the genre, the, the genre. The um, and how either the, I, I just feel like the Western genre doesn't exist that much anymore. Right. Except in the its exceptional instances. Yeah. And and to that point, uh there's a um West a classic Western, if you're if that's your jam, called the Magnificent Seven, I think. Oh yeah. And it was like probably three years ago, three yeah. or four years ago. Yeah. It was remade. One of the most classic Westerns of all time. And they remade it with Chris Pratt at like right. his height. Right. With Denzel Washington mm-hmm. and with a couple of other like knowable names. And it is so much to the point where even if you do that, unless there's really something exceptional about the storytelling like with godless nobody even remembers that that happened yeah it is yeah it's a genre that only exists now in its exceptional peaks yeah and i think the the reason is because it 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 has a lot of problematic Mm -hmm. there's a lot of problematic themes that that make that make it a western yes do do you know what i mean there's a certain there are there's certain things about america at the time i mean some of those things still true today yeah but about the time and place that you just can't avoid that are problematic so to romanticize them feels wrong right and 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 i think they're yes and i think it's the romantic Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? 
the word is right, but all the pauses in it made it sound wrong. <laughs> the romanticization. The romantic, romantic, rom- romanticize, romanticization, romanticization, ro, ro, romance, mantis. I'm thinking of Johnny McEnroe as a praying mantis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not what I'm getting at. No. Okay. I think the process of romanticizing mm-hmm. um, some of those elements that were, yes, prevalent mm-hmm. in that time period is what makes it a Western. Yeah. I think otherwise it's kind of just like a period piece mm-hmm. or like maybe maybe even like a biopic mm-hmm. of- A biopic. Mm-hmm. Of a person that existed at that time, you know. Yeah. Um, but but kind of for it to be a Western is is is- to fall into some of these tropes yeah and now i think godless definitely is a western yes um and while it does you know fall into some of these tropes it also definitely turns some of them on their head yeah and I I would say that's especially true with the idea of of masculinity. Mm-hmm. You know, it it hits on other things, and I'm sure we'll go over them. But I think its main conceit of the plot, which is that this is a town run entirely by women, mm-hmm. um, and yet the mainest and may of the main characters yeah. are still men right really hits on the the fact that you can't have a western without addressing masculinity yes. either being all for it or pointing out issues with it right um and this one definitely points out issues with it um yeah i would say that masculinity and their portrayal of it is the is the one theme that can be problematic that I actually think they did the best with. Um, like they, do you mean the best, like avoiding of avoiding the, the problems, the problem, the problematic mm-hmm. parts of it? Uh, yeah, I I would agree. So there's the sheriff, mm-hmm. Bill, Bill McNew. Mm-hmm. He's a single father. Yes. So uh, already we have a man. And I'm, and I'm going to, I guess, try to speak in the terms of the time mm-hmm. taking on a woman's role. The womanly role, the womanly of, of, role. of raising the children. Of, yeah, of, of child rearing. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we talked about Bill a little bit already, but mm-hmm. um, he, in my opinion, kind of runs from that. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. He does he does kind of avoid he doesn't run from his children, yeah. but he runs from the projection of femininity because mm-hmm. he already struggles so much with people perceiving him as weak, as weak due to his uh his oncoming blindness. Right. And actually I hadn't thought about this until this moment when you were, you know, pointing out so much that that bill has been hurled into the single father role that that really puts him in a similar path of Alice who he has romantic Mm -hmm. feelings for Mm -hmm. because she is very much thrust into this single Single mother role. Whereas there are plenty of strong female characters. She is 
the only real main character that's a single mother. Because Maggie is is yeah. probably this. It's it's a yeah. it's a close yeah, yeah. race between Alice and Maggie about who's the strongest independent female character. Right. But Maggie is not a mother. Right. Um, so she has kind of a different path. Exactly. Because uh, Alice kind of has to live between these two worlds of being the strong one and the 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 motherly one yeah but also i think alice has to occupy that role and i think she ultimately i think she does a good job of it of mm-hmm. um being a <sighs> okay <Yeah>. we're having <laughs> we're we're checking Every this is for anyone that doesn't know that's never tried to be self-aware before. Yeah, this is the sound of every thought you have having to pass through your own like, like multiple mental. filters mm-hmm. of is is this how I should say it mm-hmm. given, you know, mm-hmm. my own personal moral compass? Is this how is and, this the most accurate way to say it? Right. And then once I whittle it down to what sounds okay, am I still saying the what same I, thing I that I had meant to before? Thing. And if the and if I'm not, what does that say about the thought I was having <laughs> that to whittle it down to an acceptable level means it's no longer it's even no the, longer same, the thought. same thought. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Okay. Um Yeah, so what I'm trying to say is Trucky doesn't have a father. Right. Um, and in this and in this time, mm-hmm. you know, there there are definite gender roles that they feel need to be met. Who are they? Who are we uh, the people of LaBelle eight, of yeah, of eighteen of the mid eighteen hundreds. Oh, okay. Yeah, just society in general. Right. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> Alice, I think, does a good job of of rearing Truckee in a way that I'm going to abandon this line of thought. I'm going to say that (laughs) I think that the portrayal that they make, and I don't know if this is the line of thought that you were going on, Mm -hmm. is that they believe that Truckee is a little bit too um, wimpy. Yeah. They, they think that he's been raised. They think he's been raised soft. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's mainly with his relationship to horses, which are such Mm -hmm. a big part of, of the Western genre, but also, you know, society at the time, that was the main mode of transportation. That was, um, cause Alice sold them to Mm -hmm. the, to the town. So that, that was like commerce. Yeah. When Alice's second husband was Truckee's father was around, that was his business. Was he trained and sold horses? Yeah. Horses. Cause they lived on the ranch. Right. Uh, and now Alice is trying to get into that business again after he's been gone for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And, uh, coming to realize that she's raised Truckee and there's the scene where Roy feels the need as this now sort of pseudo father Mm -hmm. figure Mm -hmm. to really get him on the horse. Yeah. And there are multiple times where Alice really wants wants to step in and wants to make it stop. Yeah. Because I think like, I think what would have happened in in a lot of other TV shows is because what happened in this show was Roy was teaching Truckee Mm -hmm. how to 
I think just basically ride a horse, not even really tame it yeah. or anything yet. Because mm-hmm. Trucky was just afraid. Yeah, I mean, the, now the horse the horse they're riding isn't like fully right. tamed, right. so it's still a little bit wild. But yeah, the idea is that he's just trying to he just ride a horse. Yeah, getting, getting him in these very basic, you know, functionality of mm-hmm. interacting with a horse is riding it. Yeah. So, but Trucky fall. I mean, he falls off this horse. Mm-hmm. Half a dozen, yeah, several eight times, eight to ten times, and we see him fall each and, and every hit time. the ground. Hit the ground. He does a little bit better sometimes, and, and I want to point out he doesn't last as long as the previous time, right? But he keeps falling. Mm-hmm. And and what I was gonna say was, and I'll let you um, interject. Mm-hmm. Most shows would maybe show him fall once, mm-hmm. then get back on it and do a little better, yeah, and then fall again, mm-hmm. and then maybe the third or fourth time, but constant progress, and then mm-hmm. very soon after. He just gets it, getting it. Yeah. But this was like he fell, and then he fell, and then he and then he got frustrated, mm-hmm. and then that made him do and, worse. And he and was going to walk fell. away. Yeah. And then he was going to leave, and he's like, "No, I'm done." And he's like, "No, get back on that horse." Mm-hmm. And he fell, <laughs> and then he fell again, mm-hmm. and then, but we saw his confidence grow, and then we saw Trucky even resolve to say, "Okay, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this." Yeah. And and he fell. And part of the confidence building was he fell and he was okay. Yeah. And like, yeah. You, you know, he learned that when you fall, that's not like a death sentence yeah. necessarily. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, you said we saw him hit the ground. And I think for me, if, if I was, hadn't seen the show and I just heard you say that in my head, I would get this picture of like a classic montage where he's right. failing and then we just keep cutting to like, straight cuts from one shot to the other of him hitting the ground over and over again. It wasn't even montage, but it wasn't montage. It was the full uncut him falling, having to get back up, Mm -hmm. considering walking away, Mm -hmm. almost walking away. Like it was an uncut scene of like probably 12 minutes. It was a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It was a long time. It was a lot of screen time Mm -hmm. for this one, this one in task. Yes. And, um, but the one thing I, I did like was that the speech from the man, Roy, to the, to the frustrated boy, yeah. Truckee, would usually be something of like, you know, to make it masculine, it would have to be about him, you know, being a man and yeah. like not being weak and yeah. like not giving yeah. up and, and thinking about how people perceive you. But Roy's speech was not that it was, you're going to regret oh, having yeah. walked away. Mm-hmm. You have to define your self worth. Yeah. And it wasn't about be a man, be strong, take care of your mother, that kind of thing. Yeah. It was, you're going to regret giving up and you're going to think less of yourself. This is about how you perceive you, Mm -hmm. not about how your mother does or the town Mm -hmm. or anyone or me Mm -hmm. or anyone else. Yeah, He says, it's not about what I think of you. It's that if you walk away, I'm guaranteeing you're going to think less of yourself. Yeah. Which is, which is a definitely a, a, an appeal to, masculinity Mm -hmm. but it's a it's healthier right than than the more classic you know pep talks that you would see in a scene like that right and even so i think we started Mm -hmm. talking about bill Mm -hmm. 
he loses his sight sight but more importantly not more importantly but consequently he kind of loses his his purpose yes which is again kind of about his perception Mm -hmm. i think one of of himself no it's oh by the town by the town yeah yeah i mean yeah he definitely does perceive himself that way as well but Mm -hmm. again it it's it was based on how Mm -hmm. the people of the town saw him yeah and i wonder because he has to take these um what's funny is the scene where you actually get to see it play out because everybody you know there's multiple ways to perceive it to learn about a character in a story one of them is their actions one of them is what they say and then another is what people say about them Mm -hmm. and up until this point Mm -hmm. everything we've learned about bill's cowardice as they say um is has been through word of mouth you've right. heard other people say it there comes the scene the one we had spoken of previously where whitey has to take down those drunkards who are mm-hmm. like you know ramshackling the town or whatever mm-hmm. it starts out with bill is supposed to be the one taking care of this yeah and everybody wants him to draw his guns on them but he's trying to de-escalate it through his words and everyone was categorizing him as being weak because of it in that in that scene he he gets out there and yeah tries to talk them down um but i think whitey the <laughs> i hate that name whitey yeah uh his deputy mm-hmm. deputy win i don't um, know what i don't know what I'm, I'm never going to call him that i'm going to call him whitey every whitey. time <laughs> whitey every time mm-hmm. um <clears throat> but whitey shows up and and i got the impression that he kind of even covers for him yeah, because you know, it, there are multiple times in the show where Whitey defends him verbally. Yeah. You know, he when Roy doesn't really know them, either one of them from Adam and just like asks, like, why is everybody like think so little of him? He says, you know, he used to be one of the best shots in town. Yeah. Like, you know, he's taught me everything yeah. I know about law yeah. enforcement. Right. Like he really looks up to to the sheriff and the sheriff never shares with whitey what's up but he's spends enough time with him to right. know something's up because there's a there was that part where he asked he bill mm-hmm. asked whitey he's like where where are the keys yeah and they're like literally they're right like, in yeah front of they're him. right in front of him mm-hmm. you know and actually another thing i wrote in my notes was like show don't tell mm-hmm. is and this was this was my second time watching the show. Mm-hmm. I watched it, I think, in 2018, shortly after it came out. Came out, mm-hmm. but you know, of course, I knew mm-hmm. going into this first episode on this second watching that he was going blind. But I could also now appreciate the fact that they don't just say, or 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 Bill doesn't go home and complain. Oh man, I, I can't believe I'm losing my eyesight. Mm-hmm. But they just show you. Yeah, he was he was in. Um, He's with the Native Americans that put like mm-hmm. mud on his eyes mm-hmm. or something. The from, the doc the Native American doctor. Type. Yeah, mm-hmm. they put mud on his eyes so you could so you could tell. Okay, something's wrong with his 
eyes, maybe. Mm, I will say on the first watch through, because this was my first watch through, I could tell something was wrong, but okay. the mud being on the eyes didn't immediately indicate okay. to me that it was, it was an eyesight. Eye thing. Yeah. And then he's like, where are the keys? And they're literally right in front of him. And then mm-hmm. you start to put things together. Yeah. You know, they don't have to just tell you, mm-hmm. hey, he's going blind. You can. Yeah. I, and I appreciate not being insulted as a viewer mm-hmm. that I can I can watch this and I can make determinations about mm-hmm. how people act mm-hmm. about what's going on. Yeah. Um, and so I appreciated that. Yeah. And I will say Whitey is another interesting uh, portrayal of what is like the masculine hero because he's a kid and he's goofy. Yeah. He has a little bit of that romance with, um, do you remember Louise Louise? And he basically has to supplicate himself to Louise and their father so that he can, her father so that he can spend time with her because he has to pretend like he's doing these violin lessons to learn violin because Louise, you know, she fiddles. She's got, she plays that fiddle hot. Yeah. And um, so there's a whole, I mean, it's one of the funniest scenes well, in the whole show. Well, um, he, Whitey and Louise are like in the house and he's playing and he's awful. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's just, you know, horse hairs being dragged <laughs> across strings. And Louise's dad and mom, presumably, I'm assuming it's it's her mom, and and they're out. like a grandfather type characters yeah. there too. Well, they're outside. Oh yeah, and and he's and her dad's listening. And he's like, he's like, ain't he's a ain't no use giving that boy lessons. Mm-hmm. And then and then the mom says, that boy ain't here for no lessons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And then the dad, you and can then see the, the realization just in his goes, face. Like, Oh mm-hmm. nope! He sure is. Uh, yeah, he's upset now. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's upset now. But that, but yeah, that was he had to he had to supplicate, supplicate himself. Yeah, he really wanted to be the hot shot. Yeah, but he knew that with Louise's dad, because Louise's dad was one of the Buffalo soldiers yeah. that we were talking about. And then yeah. there's that whole dynamic of he had to, and I really liked when he went to the the shanty town that um, they. Uh, where all the African-American characters lived. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually, as he's walking into town, he yeah. takes off his badge. Yeah. And he unholster, he takes off the he takes whole off his ho- gun holster. Puts it in his, in his saddlebag. So it's not even visible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and goes in. <clears throat> and even still, there's, there's tension. A lot of tension. There's definitely tension there. Mm-hmm. But Louise just tries to like dismiss all that mm-hmm. and, and just say he's here for lessons let's go this is yep this is nothing mm-hmm. you know don't don't worry about this yeah and then i mean if we're just getting on that train of talking about that because that's something i do want to talk about is i again don't listen if you plan on watching the show and haven't I yeah, if, uh, we're, if we're this far in and you haven't watched the show and you're listening to this episode, that's on you. That's on you. <laughs> what are you doing? What you've done this wrong. You done did it wrong. Um, I appreciate because when I first, the show at this point has established itself as trying to have a semblance of realism. Yeah. 
and not just being like cinematic mm-hmm. in the way that you expect it to be, but actually getting down to the gritty, ugly parts of the time. Mm-hmm. And when I saw this relationship, I fell in love with Whitey and Louise being together. They yeah. were adorable together. Right. And yet in the back of my mind, I just kept thinking, you know, if this relationship ends well, that's really going to take like, that's not how the time would have been. Yeah. That's going to ruin your immersion a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, and I appreciate in an unfortunate way that it does, it it does does not. not. Yeah. It does not end. It does not end in a happily after ever after. But, um, Whitey and Maggie were talking, Mm -hmm. uh, about how Whitey goes Mm -hmm. out to, it's called Blackdom. That's right. It is. Yeah. I forgot about that. It's called Blackdom, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure is is both maybe an accurate portrayal of how they would refer to such areas. Yes, I mean, um, but also a a problematic yeah <laughs> way well, to refer to such areas. Its pure existence <laughs> is problematic <laughs> right. in that, in that especially in that they talk about uh, how LaBelle or the government gave them promised them land for being such yeah. a successful regiment. Right. And then they gave them this and land. This is and what every they time us. they say like, we farm this land, they always they do a wide shot to a shot mm-hmm. of like dirt patches of like dry dirt mm-hmm. with maybe the first indications of sprout, but like, mm-hmm. or like Brown. <laughs> like yeah. That's supposed branches. to be green. Yeah. Um, and, and they say, you know, the government, yeah, of course, put them out there in that crappy land. But then they also say that LaBelle's existence, yeah. they irrigate water right. to LaBelle that right. harms them. And they've talked to LaBelle about right. that and they've actively not done anything. Right, right. Which comes up when Whitey shows up and asks them for help mm-hmm. when Roy, ine- or not Roy, Frank inevitably makes his way to LaBelle. Mm-hmm. But what I was... um getting at was Maggie and Whitey are talking and he mentions Whitey mentions that he has romantic feelings for this girl mm-hmm. in, in Blackdom and Maggie says boy you are stupid yeah <laughs> but she says at least you're stupid in the right direction yeah and that's a, I forgot about that line and I like I liked how she indicates like, like that's dumb but mm-hmm. you're dumb in the right way and like, that th- like this is this is not this won't work. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 you know, it's destined to fail, I guess, but, but she personally didn't have a, a problem with right. it. Right. Right. She knew that it was a stupid thing to do at the time. Right. And, but she was a unique character to be having that conversation with yeah. because she is, uh, a character, um, in the show that's having a lesbian relationship with another female character. With another female. And what's also, I think, again, accurate to the time, Maggie was was married to a man. Yes, to a man. To the mayor. And she, and she said that she loved her husband. Right. Like, this was, you know, there's really never any indication one way or the other mm-hmm. that um, she 
was or was not attracted to her husband. Right. You know, she could be bisexual and, and Mm -hmm. was attracted to her husband and now is attracted to this woman. Right. Or it could have been that, that when there were men around, that was the expectation, but she still loved this man, even if she wasn't attracted to him. Even if she didn't have like romantic and or sexual Mm -hmm. attraction to him. Yeah. Right. They never say one way or the other, which I appreciate because either one would have been just as possible for the time. Right. Um, but now, uh, when it's first starting to get revealed that Maggie and the school teacher slash former prostitute of the town. Yeah, Callie. Callie, right. Uh, are having their relationship. They start out like only going over to each other's place at night. Yeah. Uh, and they have intimate scenes together. But really, by like the middle of the show, it's just out in the open. But Maggie is the basically the mayor of the town. Right. She had to, she had to take on that role because her husband was the mayor. Right. Not only because her yes because her husband is the mayor is how she got into that position, but she holds it by just being the one that is decisive, yeah. is intelligent, and then doesn't let anyone walk on whatever right. she thinks is right for the town. Right. Which I don't know if you'll even know this woman's name. I always, the woman that she always consults and they always kind of have opposite mm-hmm. opinions. Mm-hmm. There's another woman in the town who has a very high standing and she's always trying to yeah. kind of like get back the, to the way things like were. Like the black haired mm-hmm. is kind of like in an up, not an updo. Yeah, no, it's sort yeah. of an updo. Would you call it an updo? I, I would because I don't really know what an updo is. <laughs> right. That's why I wanted to qualify my statement because mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some people that'll watch it that no hairstyles and look at it and say that is not an updo but she has like a bun yeah something uh, like that but yeah. we're talking about the same person yeah I think. and so but what i find interesting is that maggie by the end of the show really actively wants the town to stay how it is yeah and this other woman really wants it to go back to the way it was but neither one it's it's very clearly indicated that they both work together to get help the town survive after the accident right and even though they are on opposing sides of where the town should go for the future they never have strong animosity towards each other personally right exactly and i and i liked i liked the idea that so like we said this is this is a show that started out it is the western genre um but they start off by killing all the men there right and so now we're faced with a dilemma wherein on one hand you would think well yeah sure we don't need men Mm -hmm. around to be men to us women right we're i mean look we we've done fine Mm -hmm. all this time right but on the other hand i mean for your posterity Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean you need opposite sex to procreate in, True. in, in a practical way i mean mm-hmm. if you want there's well, not like established uh you know adoption agencies out <laughs> exactly. in the old west at this right. point that are that are finding orphaned kids and, and placing them in, in families although there are a lot of orphaned kids in the show that like i mean people yeah. are ostensibly raising right but yeah i yeah i, I see what you're saying so like there's a practical reason to, to need men around and then also mm-hmm. there's there's uh this gold mine the silver mine mm-hmm. that could even just help the economy mm-hmm. of LaBelle. 
and it and it needs someone to sell to and it seems like the they have one group that we see them trying to like sell their mind and it's it's yeah. or to and with and they're negotiating and it's never really put on the table that anyone's going to let them mine because even though they are labelle if they're to have interaction with the outside world yeah they have to have men to represent right. them to that world and right. again I find that very unfortunate to exactly. be that it was real, but I do find it. I would have found it insulting if yeah. they had just said that that wasn't the case at right. the time to just ignore the toxic right. masculinity that really did exist. Right. Which is, which is where I was at. Um, when you mentioned, and this was in an outside conversation, not in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, when you mentioned that the, this show godless falls prey to some of the tropes of the Western genre. Right. I, I, I definitely agree, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's in a, I don't think they made a mistake or mm-hmm. I don't think they were ignorant mm-hmm. of, of these tropes and of these stereotypes mm-hmm. that pervade mm-hmm. Westerns. Yeah. I think they were v- very much aware of them, mm-hmm. but like you said, it would almost be insulting to pretend they to didn't pretend exist. it didn't exist yeah because there was a there was a point where alice said to roy and i think it was i think it was when i think it was immediately before roy embarked on teaching trucky how to um ride, ride a horse, horse. Mm-hmm. um she said his dad died before he could teach him how to be a proper indian mm-hmm. and i heard that line i was like no that's not yeah, That's and not even how you should say it, and even it's his his own mom who, right. who says that. But going back to what you said, I think it would be insulting if they if they didn't mm-hmm. stay true to like that's the way mm-hmm. that would be. Yeah, that would be said then. Yeah, you know they wouldn't call him a Native American. Right. Uh, I mean, I mean, there's even issue with saying that riding a horse is the way to be a proper. Mm-hmm. native american like that would still be problematic right but um, because to us now to say that somebody is a proper anything. part of a, yeah. a of a group you know people decide how to be their own selves yeah now i would and say they, and they happen to be a part of a group they right aren't, they aren't a part of a group because of the way they act but i will say in in a little bit of defense that if you know it's a large part of their culture to, you know, ride horses and he's never had the opportunity to engage in his cultural heritage. Right. Right. That would, that would be something that would be worth addressing is like, he's never gotten the opportunity to learn about his cultural heritage because his father died. His father died. And I, I agree that it, it, it rides a line that's very hard for any show and for any individual person to ride, uh, especially when it comes to portrayal of Native Americans, because you know the Western genre was created on villainizing yeah, on villainizing them. Native Americans. And again, I, I think I think they did a good job in the show, staying true to the way mm-hmm. you know the people of LaBelle would mm-hmm. perceive the mm-hmm. Native American people, right? While simultaneously showing us mm-hmm. as the viewer existing in at this time 2017 mm-hmm. 2018 that's not 
that's just not what they are. Yeah. Um, because now, I think I think I would be remiss not to bring up EOV uh, and, and, and at least talk in some length about Truckee's grandmother. Yes. Who is one of the most amusing characters in the she's, show. Yes, she's very amusing, but um, I want to say that she's, I think I would say she was one of the strongest females mm. in the show. Yeah. Only because she was she was almost disinterested in in anything that in was happening anything that was happening mm-hmm. she didn't feel any need to like prove herself mm-hmm. to impress anyone else yeah um she was there she knew her stuff mm-hmm. and and wasn't really concerned with i mean anyone outside of her mm-hmm. her her grandson and, and alice yeah her I family mean, yeah, she had love for her family, yeah. but she didn't feel the need to engage with yeah. with people that didn't care about her. Right, right. And and she even, you know, has this not outward, like, in-your-face animosity towards Roy when he yeah. first comes to the farm. Yeah. But, you know, she's insulting to him, which <laughs> is where a lot of her humor comes from because mm-hmm. she is a, a person who has learned to understand English, yeah. uh, but doesn't, doesn't, but doesn't speak. And again, she is comfortable enough in her, in her heritage and her yeah. ways that yeah. she doesn't need to speak English. She, she might know how to speak English. Yeah, but she but doesn't. Like, I don't. Because why this would is, she, why would this she? Is she doesn't my care. Language. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of the humor is her speaking her mind, saying exactly what she thinks, especially yeah. about Roy. Yeah. And other people sugarcoating it for Roy <laughs> for, when they translate yeah, what yeah. she's saying. Which is very, I think it was, which is very typical of, because I saw Roy in some ways as like the new boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Like there was clear sexual tension between Roy and Alice. Yeah. Especially when she shot him right at the beginning, in their first <laughs> exactly, meeting. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, but I saw Roy as like the new, the mm-hmm. new boyfriend, yeah, showing up to meet mm-hmm. meet the parents, the parents, and the yeah. parents being very skeptical. <laughs> yeah, the parents being very skeptical, mm-hmm. and the parents being EOV mm-hmm. as as one individual. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was I think it was mainly Trucky too mm-hmm. that was trying to sugarcoat because- the the insults or the or at least backhanded comments. Yeah, because make about him. Uh, Alice was in a very adult way. Like the person that has to take care of the family was reticent to just trust this stranger. Yeah. Whereas Trucky in a very childlike way mm-hmm. wanted to engage him and wanted his attention and wanted him to like them. Cause he, I mean, he's an, he's a, he's an older man, mm-hmm. older, or at least older than Trucky. Right. Um, Roy is still very much a young man mm-hmm. in, in his life cycle. But um, well, as we've seen in the West, I mean, okay. he's, he's like one flash flood away from <laughs> yeah. being dead. It's possible he was old, right at the ripe old age of whatever he was at. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I think uh, Trucky also. I mean, he sees him. He sees him as a, as a man that maybe he would want to emulate mm-hmm. because he was good at shooting guns. Yeah, he saw him shoot the head off of a snake from across from, the room. From across the room mm-hmm. before it could even bite that that little could toddler bite that baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, I mean, he's, I mean, Jack O'Connell's a good-looking guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't disagree. Yeah, so personally, I, I'm more of a Bill guy. I, oh, I, okay. I enjoy his look a little bit more. The, I, I got something for a man in glasses. Okay. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
broken glasses too. Yeah, broken glasses, Especially. nonetheless. Um, no, but you know he's he's a good looking guy. He's a young guy. He's he's good. He's riding horses. He's shooting guns. Mm-hmm. That, that's 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 a cool thing I can imagine mm-hmm. for Trucky. But yeah, he he does a lot to sugarcoat the way mm-hmm. EOV is very skeptical of this man as well. Yeah, it, it kind of hits me with something that I really don't consider often which I feel like they mostly do a good job of. There are a couple of moments when I wonder if they're sugarcoating it a little bit, Mm -hmm. but with the interaction of white characters and native American characters that doesn't really have animosity to it Mm -hmm. where, you know, Bill interacts with native American characters and like goes to them for help. Yeah. uh, And speaks to them you know civilly until they until they annoy him and you yeah. know then he's dismissive like he would like he is with other characters right. in the show too you know i don't really think about all the stories that you grow up hearing in where i grew up anyways about white people interacting with native americans at the time is that it was very much yeah. violent and right. all negative right but you know at a certain point there was an understanding that the Paiutes did live here right, and that they are close to us. And while I would never, you know, claim because I think that would be a great disservice to claim that they uh, had any equality or, right. you know, were treated fairly because right. they certainly were not right. Not every interaction was yes. so contentious as you see in the history books yeah. every single time. Now I will say, I think they get it a little bit wrong in that, they do commit the sin of putting a little bit of extra mysticism okay. on the Native American characters. Before before we move on to the mysticism of the Native American characters, I want I want to jump I want to chime in on on just the interactions between both the white characters and the Native Americans and the black characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I I kind of want to echo what you said though, and and also add on to it mm-hmm. is that. I think it would be disingenuous to suggest that there was any kind of amicability in large part mm-hmm. between all three of these groups of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think you you can swing that pendulum too far in the other direction and say that every interaction is negative and is brutal and is violent mm-hmm. um, because I think that's just kind of painting with a, broad brush Mm -hmm. because and i think it's because we we look at i mean we maybe substitute the legal systems Mm -hmm. that existed at the time that existed at the time as a indication of everyone's morality Mm -hmm. Um, it's easy to look at the law and and see how it subjugates certain people Mm -hmm. and then say okay well then all all of the people of this one group must have felt this way towards this other group. Right. Because, I mean, just as an example, in the 60s, mm-hmm. we, we have, I mean, we have people that are still alive today. We have Bernie Sanders, like, mm-hmm. marching right with mm-hmm. civil rights leaders. Right. You have literal card-carrying KKK members, and then mm-hmm. you have everything in between. Yeah. So I, I think it is more accurate to just see these groups of people exist in Mm -hmm. the same general area Mm -hmm. 
there's some tension sometimes, mm-hmm. but when you can be mutually beneficial, like Whitey goes to Blackdom and says, hey, can you guys help us with this? Mm-hmm. I think if if you were to just substitute the way you think white people would have interacted with black people then, mm-hmm. you would have thought that, you know, maybe Whitey would have just showed up and mm-hmm. cracked a whip and said, hey, mm-hmm. all of you, all of you kind of people come here and help us. Mm-hmm. It was actually quite the opposite. <laughs> Where he, I mean, he basically begs. Yeah, he basically goes there and begs and they mm-hmm. don't. Right. And they don't help. Well, it never gets to the point where they get to decide (laughs) because that's when Frank comes. But I mean, I think there was all indication that they weren't very interested in going to help them either. They weren't. But honestly, Frank comes in when they're having the conversation about it. And I was surprised that they were having a conversation about it. They were having a conversation. Because I wrote down in my notebook when... There's there's three different times when this kind of idea pops up. At first, when the the silver mining company comes, they go the the people go to Blackdom and the silver mining like boss yeah. who clearly wants to take advantage of the town. Mm-hmm. He says to the people of Blackdom, the former Buffalo soldiers, if labelle ever comes to you guys Mm -hmm. we will pay you not to not to (laughs) join their cause like we will treat you civilly yeah so that you don't help them right and then uh whitey does come to ask for help when frank is coming to like Mm -hmm. wipe everyone out which is a very different scenario Mm -hmm. from like they're getting taken advantage of by a business economically yeah yeah versus you know, a mass murderer is coming to wipe us out. And, you know, Whitey begs, uh, and they say they'll kind of think about it. Uh, and then that's the whole reason Frank comes too is to tell them just stay out of it. Right. And it's only in every time that happened, I wrote in my notebook, why would Blackton get involved? Right. Like I wouldn't, if I were them. Right. And there are multiple characters in LaBelle that say, why would they help us? Why would they help us? Yeah. I wouldn't help us if I were them. <laughs> I think someone it's I think someone. I think Maggie say, says that. Yeah, I think Maggie said that. She's like, I wouldn't help us if I was them. But I think what's important is at least in the little snippet of the conversation we got was that they didn't say, Oh, we're not gonna help them because they're white people. Mm-hmm. It was is they they treated them bad yeah they're they, like no they they like our waters is jacked up mm-hmm. because of them mm-hmm. um i think one of their wives is like i think when i think one of the husbands i think maybe felt a sense of duty like as a former soldier like we just got to help mm-hmm. these people yeah because it, they're they're people it's louise's father i believe yeah. who's who says and it, louise's father hates right. whitey because he's trying to get with his daughter right but uh he says they're gonna kill these people right like he said how, he's like how would you how i mean how would you how, feel to know that all these people die and she said not half as bad as if as you if, go out there and as get if, killed yeah my family's getting right. killed. Mm-hmm. so i think what was important is, is is this was like an actual conversation about mm-hmm. Whereas what's, I would have just totally what's dismissed the right, Yeah, what's the right mm-hmm. thing to do? Not, oh, I don't like you because mm-hmm. of skin color or because you're Native American or, or 
Yeah. So I, I just like how more it was it was more nuanced than you would usually think. Than you would maybe expect it to be because but also didn't didn't dismiss the reality. The reality mm-hmm. of there were real tensions mm-hmm. among these racial groups. Yeah, because like you said, you know, people had to interact with people. Yeah, and you know. It didn't go the way that it should have, but those interactions still did have to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you were getting to, yes, the the mysticism of the Native Americans, which... Yeah, and they they didn't do it too often. Yeah. But there's one character, and the, the worst part is, it's a character that I really like, because mm-hmm. it's the... When Bill is off trying to take down Frank um, on his own, because he's trying to like regain his masculinity... He just meets uh, a Native American who's lost his tribe. I believe he said he was the last of his his particular tribe. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like he was just he had like wandered off and lost no, no. Them. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was yeah he was the last of them. Yeah. And uh, he he's a he's a man on horseback and he has a, he has a, a dog. dog. Yeah. And the way that they interact is just very amusing. Because the the Native American just sizes him up so quickly. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. He, he brings out a phrase that I don't know if we brought it up earlier, but this has been said about Bill multiple times, is that he's a man who's lost his shadow. Right. Because the whole point of a man who's lost his shadow is dangerous because he has nothing left to lose. Oh, and that, that was something that actually came from... From the, the the first scene, yeah, when he was at the Native yes, American from camp. the Native American, yeah, because I, I mean, I heard it and interpreted it also as like a a man who's lost his way, mm-hmm. his purpose, yeah, maybe what he was his calling, his meant what he was meant to do, mm-hmm. and because you know Bill is the sheriff, mm-hmm. he's there to, you know, maintain order in his town, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. presumably that's kind of the last thing he's got left you know his, yeah. his wife Since died he's lost his life and he doesn't um, care about his, his kids because he's a terrible father yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> but all, I mean, like he's lost his wife his town is falling apart because yeah. all, all the men died you mm-hmm. know this might be you know the the financial the economic center of mm-hmm. this town is and everyone in his apart. town whether it's falling apart or not they hate him they hate him yeah so mm-hmm. and uh, yeah so the last thing he kind of had to hold on to is like i'm the lawman I'm the sheriff and now I can't, now I can't see. Yeah. So he's losing, yeah, he's losing his purpose mm-hmm. in, in any sense of the word. Yeah. Um, but yes, he lost his shadow. That phrase was introduced by mm-hmm. one of the Native Americans that he went to to. The camp for. See, yeah, to see treatment mm-hmm. for losing his eyesight. Yeah. Um, but then this other Native American says the same thing and then. He's just so snarky to Bill. And and I appreciate that Bill is such a level-headed character because, again, in my understanding of race relations would be that everyone who is white, who is insulted by a person of color, right. would just draw their guns and, and right. kill them for an insult like that. But exactly. you get to see that there is a spectrum of these interactions. Yeah. And that um, Bill... And they kind of just developed this kind of tit for tat mm-hmm. uh, animosity that's a little bit playful. Right. And I think 
it's simultaneously just a little bit too mystical in a way that <laughs> Native Americans are portrayed too often. And yeah. I think it creates a stereotype about them that's not healthy. But at the same time, it was one of the funniest lines in the entire show. <laughs> when Roy and Bill finally meet back up. <laughs> yeah. At this point, every interaction that um, Bill's Native American guide, you know, friend, mm-hmm. every interaction they've had, they've been it's out just, in the desert. It's been the two of them. Just the two of them. Right. And then whenever he goes into town, he's gone. Right. And then finally Roy and Bill meet back up and they look up onto the cliff and uh, Roy says, is that who I think it is? And Bill says, oh, thank God you can see him too. too? I was starting to think I was going crazy (laughs) because that was running through my mind the whole time. Yeah. And Roy says, I can see him, but... I did a job with him crossing the Rio Grande three years ago yeah. and, he and he drowned didn't, and he didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't know how to swim. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah he, he, he said, uh, I think, I think, uh, Bill's like the dog too. He was like, the dog went first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. He said the dog went first. So I think he might be a ghost. Yeah. So I, 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 I do agree. It's, uh, there's a little bit of issue because even EOV, um, has some of those, mystical maybe um uh, mm-hmm. like premonitions even yeah right before the big final showdown in the town yeah. she's kind of out at the ranch by herself and she looks out looks out to the distance and can kind of you get this sense that she can feel right the, the fight coming well one of the things she said when roy first showed up was like he's got the smell of death mm-hmm. or something on yeah. him. and again there's issues with that mm-hmm. but again for i i just think for it to to be in the genre of western Mm -hmm. some of these elements yeah like have to have to exist yeah and it's not as though there's there's a cultural need to be more connected and in tune with nature Mm -hmm. and that's not that's not false that's that's real in, in a lot of native american cultures right uh, and so for that to exist, I think is necessary and, and a good thing. I just honestly, good, bad, I can't say because I'm not educated enough right. to be honest, but um, <laughs> good or bad, it's just a tightrope that, yeah. they, that, they, that they walk very... You know, very cautiously cautiously because i mean there's also there was also the possibility that they could have taken eov and had her you know put with a head put on a headdress right they never you know, do the dan- they never dance do. around in circles and and, and sing and chant mm-hmm. and all that i was i was about to say they never do the kind of headdress thing though i will say there's the flashback and we kind of alluded oh, to this yeah. earlier but uh when uh alice gets out of the flash flood and survives it she's found by Mm -hmm. a very hostile group of native americans who are like clothed in war paint and wearing like very clear buffalo skins and they attempt to rape her yeah uh before bill and bill's wife uh save i I forgot oh yeah this is a flashback so bill's wife is in it and she actually assists in saving her right um and again not saying that they got it wrong yeah but because there were 
real animosity and tension and real reasons for native Americans to, to hate white people at that time. So it's not wrong to say that that even maybe should have been the case. Yeah. And you know, there were native Americans that wore war paint and had Buffalo skins as, uh, as clothing. So maybe it's okay that they portrayed that existing because it did. Right. But also, to portray that puts it in the public eye and it's yeah. an image that's already that's already there that's already there yeah. and has been put there way disproportionately <laughs> yeah, too, much. too much so mm-hmm. even if you're just putting in like an accurate amount of it did you Ar- need to already seems like there's enough of this already there yeah yeah so it's just a tightrope yeah it it is a tightrope mm-hmm. but um all, all in all i think I think they did. I think they did a, a very good job to stay true to the time, mm-hmm. to the genre, and tell a good story. Yes, yeah, and it, the fact that the writers understood that that relations between all peoples exist on a spectrum, and not yeah. just what we read about. You know, not just the big moments we read about, yeah. but there were day to day interactions. Day to day interactions that that were. Also specific to the individuals. Right, exactly. You know, and it kind of finishes up because we've we've been talking about a lot of the cultural and racial racial relations between characters, but we start sort of started with the the masculine feminine story, and I I want to make sure not to forget that the real final you know message about that climactic battle. Oh, where yeah. the the women of the town uh, fight Frank's gang, and yes, in the middle of the battle, Roy comes in and he uses his sharpshooting, and Bill mm-hmm. finally comes back and he gets his shadow back, and we he see that nice back. long shot of him actually getting to see his shadow again, yeah, yeah, and taking down a bunch of the guys. But the real defenders of the town are the women, right, and. The the thing that struck me was that I don't know if it had happened up until this point. Maybe it had, but the women in the town, we see so many of them actually die on oh, yeah. camera. Yeah. And it was kind of the ultimate. Well, we we see them get shot. Well, I mean, there are some that like get shot and just like fought like like. Insta death kind right. of shots. There was there was the um there was one there was one woman and it was it was one we couldn't name with the mm-hmm. with the dark hair and the up to Yeah, she gets she, shot but she survives. Yeah, she definitely gets shot and it is definitely portrayed like this is a mortal wound, but mm-hmm. at the end of the fight she comes mm-hmm. she comes out. So I, I just wanted to qualify that and say, Yeah, we definitely see a lot of them get shot. Mm-hmm. But there are there are maybe not main characters. No, there are a couple main characters that women in the town that we've interacted with enough that we know their personalities and don't want them to die. And we know like their names. Yeah. And like, I didn't feel when I saw them get shot and die, I didn't feel bad as a man watching like a woman, you know, get shot because like, I feel the sense of like, I I should, they should be protected. Right. Like they, you know, more than anyone else. It, 
hurt because I was watching this innocent character that I kind of enjoyed and had uh, a connection with through the show and they were defending their town and they got taken down and that made me angry for that reason. And I thought that that was kind of that they didn't pull back from that and they really showed their sacrifice made them more real characters than, than almost anything else. Yeah. Because on, on one hand, one part of the the drama of that, of that incident Mm -hmm. was that, Oh, there are no men to defend us. Right. I think that was part of the subtext. Like, Oh, there's no men to defend us. How, how will these women ever Mm -hmm. stand up to these 30 hardened men and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and Frank Griffin? Mm-hmm. And there is, and there was an element of reality that because a lot of them had no experience right. with guns, and right. all of Frank's men have a lot, of <laughs> have a lot of experience with guns. With guns. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I liked, I really liked the scene. It stuck with me even from my first watching mm-hmm. when they're all lined up in front of the the hotel, mm-hmm. which is which is the which is the building they're going to kind of. Yeah, because it's made of steel and brick, so they knew that Frank couldn't like Like, smoke them out like every other building. Down, Mm -hmm. so she's got all these rifles and pistols lined up, and you can, and Maggie one by one tells you know, any place with a clear shot of the street, Mm -hmm. any place with a clear shot of the street, Mm -hmm. and then some of them she's like, why don't you hide in the dining room? Well, for a you go Mm -hmm. to the parlor, yeah, and then for a lot of them. clear shot of the street Mm -hmm. and um again that's a that's a show don't tell you Mm -hmm. didn't have to you didn't have to have this montage where or or, or scene where she's like oh well this person isn't good at shooting but this person is good at shooting Mm -hmm. and this person isn't or i don't want this or even i want to protect callie Mm because she's you know um yeah romantic partner or, or so know, she gives Callie two guns but they show us yes by her giving Callie two guns mm-hmm. and then a character that I really I had the same issue that I have with a lot of television shows which is that I have this like different people use different facial features to uh, like immediately identify a person okay uh, like some people really look at people's nose or their you know cheek structures yeah. like automatically to to identify someone they know. For me, I can't say why, but it's always hair, which yeah. is like the the worst one because <laughs> people can change their hair. <laughs> their hair changes, but <laughs> but there were several times where there were a couple of different characters that had a female characters that had long blonde hair, yeah. and I had a real hard time figuring out who was who. who. Was who. Um, but eventually I came to realize there's, there's one woman and she's German. Yeah. Martha. Martha. Okay. And she kind of becomes my Mm. favorite character, like Mm -hmm. low key, my favorite character Mm -hmm. because this, um, Pinkerton, which is like an old school private investigator. Yeah. Um, he comes into town looking for her and she shoots him and then finds out that even though he was hired to bring to like drag her back to her yeah. ex-husband that she ran away from yeah she shoots him thinking that but then she f- finds out that actually he gave up on that because he fell in love with her yeah and like they have this passionate night like right. before before this before shootout. all this mm-hmm. and 
they ask, where's the Pinkerton? And she literally, to protect him, drugs him. Yeah. And like, and so that he'll stay there. in the house. Yeah. And then she has her own pistols and she's just like in a corset and yeah. just like strides right by. Well, Mag- and Maggie says, you go wherever you want. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. She's telling everybody she's else like, and she just looks at her and she's like, wherever you want. <laughs> like, I'm not about to tell you <laughs> where you should go. You probably know better than me. Mm-hmm. And again, and, and then and then that's, that's a good way to turn again that trope. Mm-hmm. Um, or that stereotype or whatever you want to call it of uh, max masculinity within the Western on its head. Mm-hmm. It was Martha who wanted to protect, who wanted to protect, mm-hmm. who who's probably pretty proficient with weapons himself. Cause yeah. he was a, he does a, come out during the fight and, and finally gets into it. Yeah. But you know, he can I mean, he's, he's uh, an investigator detective. Mm-hmm. He's carries a gun, mm-hmm. but no, it's, it's her wanting to look out for him. Yeah. So that was, that was a, that was a nice little, mm-hmm. little hint at turning that trope on the, on its head. Yeah. And then I know that we, so the, the fight happens and then we briefly mentioned that Roy and, um, everybody, everybody on, uh, Frank's crew dies. A lot of the women die. Yeah. Um, and then, but Frank is gone. He goes out and he finds Trucky. Yeah. And this was another moment where I actually don't fully agree that Roy is, I don't think he's actually anything like Frank as a person. And he would have been a very different parent to Truckee, mm-hmm. but I don't think that Roy finds everything about Frank disgusting. Oh no. Because when he, when he comes upon Frank, Truckee has fallen off his horse and allowed his horse's leg to get broken because right. he didn't um go through the forest the right the way the right way yeah he didn't go under the bright trees yeah and so the roots caught the the horse like he was told to make sure wouldn't happen and, yeah and it's his fault and he's crying and frank pulls out his his pistol and trucky you know is upset because he thinks frank's gonna he's kill like, him you're not and, gonna shoot him mm-hmm. and he's like no it's your animal yeah so you're gonna shoot yeah, him so and you're gonna shoot him i don't I don't see that as being something that Roy wouldn't have also right, done. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think because it's his responsibility. Mm-hmm. I think had that, I think that had that been Roy that stumbled upon him, I mm-hmm. think the same, that same interaction would have played out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But then Roy does come upon them. And, uh, in that moment in my mind, I was thinking this is almost like, the the grand like the the grandfather meeting the grandson mm-hmm. in the way that they all have these father son mm-hmm. interactions that aren't you know biological but right. but they're still powerful they still, yeah they're still very meaningful mm-hmm. especially since it started in a line you know with Frank's father he calls him his father mm-hmm. um actually his name was Mr. Uh, hate I don't remember it was something it was something poetic because it his name was hate I believe Roy's last and then Roy's last name is good okay and um, the love of the father and the son is still there yeah because when Roy tells Chucky to come up and step away from him Frank doesn't yeah Frank doesn't take him hostage he's like you better go yeah, he's calling you. <laughs> he's calling you. you. You better go. In the way that, like, you know, if a grandparent is like spoiling a kid, yeah, <laughs> and and the parents like, I need you to like, 
and the parent realizes, you know, or the grandparent realizes it's not my kid. It's his kid. Yeah. You know, he needs to be the one in charge. So trucky, you better go home. You better, you better go listen, listen to your dad. Yeah. And, and go, go on ahead with him. But then they do the, the duel and they draw and Roy wins wins. Yeah. Now Roy also gets hit. Yes. But, um, not mortally. And then that was when it kind of came to my like realization that Frank really just doesn't believe that he can be wrong because he sees himself as the God of Mm -hmm. this, this land, Mm -hmm. the prophet at least. Mm -hmm. Um, because even though he doesn't want to kill his son, he believes it's part of the story that he's going to. Right. And, and because since, since this, since this duel has come up and since this is not how Frank dies, mm-hmm. it must mean. Yeah. That I'm Roy, going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kill my son. Yeah. So this is how it has to happen. And because I can't be wrong, it's the righteous it's, thing. Yeah. To it do. was the right thing to do. And it brings to the, like the final point. It's not the final scene, but the final scene in LaBelle, which is the funeral of Whitey, who was, yeah. Um, very unceremoniously killed yeah. at the beginning of that mm-hmm. before he incident. gets a single shot off yeah. you know he does the whole like getting himself ready mm-hmm. fixes and, his hat mm-hmm. and like, you know classic showdown style yeah. and then steps out the door and just gets a huge old knife right into his chest right into yeah, the center of his chest and it drove home the brutality of what we were about to see right yeah. at the beginning of the fight yeah and you know and then Bill comes back and finds him and feels the tragedy of sort of his protege being mm-hmm. gone now. Mm-hmm. And, but then his funeral is the last part of being in LaBelle and there's the character. One of the women has constantly been, you know, preparing their church that needs to be built because this pastor has been saying yeah. for sent a letter. I think it was so many months, it was or many, years, many months ago or years ago that said, I'm going to, I'm on the way. I'm going to stop at these certain places throughout the territory. Then I'm going to, Mm-hmm. I'm going to be there. And she's the only one that still has hope that he's going to show up. Yeah. And for uh, the funeral, he finally does show up. Mm-hmm. And she is the one that says, you know, you're, you're, too, you're late. too late. But I think it's a message about the changing times and the the ultimate truth that it's not godless, that there isn't yeah. actually a land that is godless. Yeah. That. The father, even though he never knew Whitey, is the only one that has words that are meaningful to like say at yeah. his funeral. And the people actually, now that they've gone through this struggle that he wasn't even there for, they're willing to to believe in or at least start the process of healing right. with something that isn't godless. And he says... And I just wrote this down. It's not really relevant to the point I was making, but I just really like the line where he says, it is a holy thing to love that which death has touched. And it is a fearful thing to love what death can Can touch. touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I internalized both of those because the first time I do remember the first time I, I heard that, I was like, did he just repeat Mm-hmm. the same line twice it's like why why did he say that twice mm-hmm. I, I went back because i'm like that 
I missed something. Yeah. But it was it was it was a very subtle difference. Mm-hmm. It was like you loved something that death did touch, mm-hmm. but then even in the face of that, mm-hmm. you still choose to love things that yeah can like death can touch. And it's a holy thing to overcome that fear. Yeah. And that's like and the people of this town are willing to do it and that makes this a holy place. Yeah. And they have been victims of death, widespread death. Mm-hmm. And they will mm-hmm. continue to to persevere. To persevere, yeah, even in the face of mm. of that possibility. Yeah. Coming back up. And then we get to the the finishing shot of you know, Bill it's established that Bill and Alice are going to be the ones that are together. You know, Alice and Roy have their night together. Yeah. But Roy understands that he can't stay here. That's not where, yeah, it's not where he belongs. And I know that montages are not something I wanted in this show, but the final thing that happens is a montage of Roy traveling out to the coast to see his brother. Right. And his brother, I think in a letter basically says, you know, I hope that this ocean that I like, he lives on the ocean now. And he says, I hope this ocean is, is enough to wash away my, my sins. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and the final shot of Roy looking out is over him the ocean making it to the ocean is like, he finally, he's cut himself off from the destructive relationship with Frank. Yeah. He's not carrying any of that baggage. Maybe he's even, he's even gained some, some good karma mm-hmm. by trying to reverse that pattern with how he began rearing or helping to rear Trucky, Trucky in a better well, way, in than, a better way than, than, than Frank's Frank, pseudo dad did right. for Frank. And then that Frank, Frank did, for, did him. for him. Yeah. And, and now he can, he feels comfortable enough with himself. He's forgiven himself mm-hmm. enough to let that ocean wash away. Mm-hmm his sins and believe in himself as a good man for the first time in his life. Right. Probably. Yeah, definitely. So do you want a second season? (sighs) See, this is the thing when we run across these shows that are, that are so good, but also have such good finales. Like Mm -hmm. it's like for me, men in black, because men in black one was the most conclusive finale and like the closure of the original men in black movie yeah is just so uh meaningful and yet that that men in black two it hurts me for it to exist yeah that it yeah that it did that to your beloved closure Mm -hmm. so i would say i don't want it to be remixed Right. or renewed right uh or whatever the other one is recall i don't want it to be recalled we we came up with this fourth one that is remain yes for firefly yes that's it so yeah. this is another this is another case of yeah just remain i want it to remain i mean mm-hmm. also because it, it, it was design it was it was one, it yeah. was one season by design mm-hmm. um but i i wanted to open that up to maybe the possibility that you or even our listeners let us know on um, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, whether you think this should have 
a second season. I'm with you. It, it's it. This is what it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. It was good. It told it told a story mm-hmm. of Roy Good start to finish. Yep. Or <laughs> it told the story of LaBelle and Roy. Told the story of Frank. Of Frank also. Of Bill. Um, start to finish, and we got it. And I'm I'm satisfied. Yep. No, this ain't how it's supposed to end. I seen it. Well, you seen wrong. We're striking out beyond this dusty western town to get a new start on the shores of the next great frontier. Dinosaur riddled, overgrown jungles of the Cretaceous period in Fox's single season family epic, Terra Nova. And if you're worried, a great stampede of wild thunder lizards will cause you to miss next week's adventure, just hit that subscribe button or search We Hardly Knew You on Twitter or Instagram. So until then, we hardly knew you.